0: Hi, I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer.
1: And I'm Casey Cantrell.
0: And this is Animation and Beyond, a podcast where we talk about animation and other things such as movies, TV shows, theme parks, video games, technology and gadgets, electronics and other things.
1: (laughs) And on this first episode, we are going to be talking about the How to Train Your Dragon franchise uh, because the third movie is coming out when exactly?
0: February twenty-second.
1: February twenty-second. So we thought we would take the chance to look back at this franchise that has become surprisingly beloved franchise among a lot of people and and just look back at why we love them so much. But first, the news So in this segment, we we would just like to talk, we'd like to talk about a few of the things that we've been reading in entertainment news and tech news, that sort of thing that have caught our eye and we think are worth watching. So Ezra, what kind of news do you have to share?
0: This past weekend, the Lego Movie 2, the second part came out.
1: Yes, and you got a chance to see it not just once. Two times. Twice. So what are your, what were your impressions of the movie?
0: It was yet another sequel that not just goes way beyond the worlds of the first, but goes from, but also the way it's animated visually and with the technology is different and more right. advanced. Right.
1: Yeah. So that's uh pretty interesting. I haven't had a chance to see it yet, but I definitely want to see it. And it's pretty interesting that you bring that up because that's something I want to talk about for the second How to Train Your Dragon movie. But I'm getting ahead of myself so any other what other news have you been reading
0: last night at the grammys there was a new first look at will smith playing the genie in disney's live action remake of aladdin
1: yeah that's that's very exciting um so it's another film in in the disney repertoire of a live action remake of a animated film from disney's past so they just added aladdin they're also doing Lion King this year. And what, what other ones? And, uh, and Dumbo. And Dumbo. In the past so far, they've done Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast. What else have they done? The Jungle
0: Book, the Alice Jungle in Wonderland, Wonderland, Winnie the Pooh, um, Maleficent. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, and um, so it's been pretty interesting just history now of these remakes that are coming out based on these animated films. Another news item I want to share is that in a couple of weeks... The Oscars are coming out, and so we'll get to see specifically for the animated category.
0: Uh, features and also shorts.
1: Features and also shorts. Um, who's going to come away with that? So who's nominated for the features, the animated features? One
0: for an animated movie, but I don't remember what it's called. Then mm-hmm. Isle of Dogs, mm-hmm. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, Incredibles 2, and Ralph Breaks the Internet. Right.
1: Right, and yeah, so that'll be very interesting. I actually just saw uh, Into the Spider-Verse this past weekend. Um, Fantastic film. I was really surprised by that. Even though everyone has been saying how great it is, it's just you don't expect a film that's called Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse to be as great as it was. So it'll be interesting to see how it holds up, how it does against films like Incredibles 2, which has that sort of Disney-Pixar magic behind it.
0: Or Ralph Breaks the Internet.
1: Exactly, which is also another popular.
0: Which is produced by Disney Animation.
1: Right, so Disney definitely has been a juggernaut in the animated film feature category. It seems like whenever Pixar gets nominated for something, it wins.
0: Or Disney also.
1: And Disney as well. And so it'll be interesting to see if Into the Spider-Verse can come away with a win here. Yeah, we'll Uh, see. We'll see. So, but for now, we are going to be talking about How to Train Your Dragon. The series got started in 2010. So far, there are two films that are out. The third of a trilogy is coming out, as Ezra said, on February 22nd. It'll also
0: be the final movie.
1: And the final, yeah. It apparently will be the final film of the series. We'll see how the series continues um, in form of the TV show, but... Yes, for now, it is going to be the final film in a trilogy. So to get started, let's talk about the first film in the series, How to Train Your Dragon. So when when was the first film released, As
0: March 26th, 2010. Yes,
1: and um, it was based off a book, also called How to Train Your Dragon. And although it's only very loosely based on the book, we'll get into that in a little bit. And um, who who was the director and writer for this film again?
0: Chris Sanders and Dean Dubois.
1: Yeah. Dean Dubois, I don't know if that's how his name is actually pronounced, but it's French. So we're going to say Dubois. So Chris Sanders and Dean Dubois, they previously worked on the 2002 Disney animation film, Lilo and Stitch. Yeah. Dreamworks Animation picked up the rights to the book in 2004, but it wasn't until, you know, later in the decade that they actually started working on it. And initially, Bonnie Arnold had come on as the director, writer and director of the film. Um, but halfway through production, she got replaced by Chris Sanders and Dean DeBlois, who really changed the script a lot. Mm-hmm. So, originally the script was a lot more like the books and i guess we should start by saying what the books were like so
0: they had words and pictures in the style of like a journal or diary
1: right right so it's more yeah more of a diary from hiccups perspective
0: yeah Um,
1: and like the title suggests a training manual and so the books are a lot more whimsical and but how to train your dragon's a bit darker in tone and that's largely because of chris sanders and dean DeBlois coming on and changing the script a lot one interesting thing in the book is that there isn't really that kind of at least in the first book there isn't really that kind of antagonistic nature between vikings and dragons um in fact the plot of the book is that hiccup has to go out and catch a dragon and train it but in the movies it definitely is uh more of like an ongoing war between the Vikings and dragons and it's only after sort of bonding with dragons that Hiccup realizes actually you can train them so they are a lot different in that way but as you were talking to me before about how some of the similarities between the film Lilo and Stitch the film that Chris Sanders and Dean DeBlois worked on before uh, the first How to Train Your Dragon movie...
0: Like Stitch and Toothless are kind of similar.
1: Right. They're they they look similar as you said.
0: They were made to be kind of mean and scary on the outside, but on the inside they have a heart.
1: Exactly. So, yeah, so it's it's really interesting at first they're both depicted as basically monsters, something to be terrified of. Yeah. Um, but then the characters around them start to realize you know they they become friends with them and start to realize actually they aren't as bad as they might first appear Uh, yeah let's let's talk about some of the characters that are in in the movie so we have we have hiccup who is
0: voiced by jay baruchel
1: yeah and tell me tell me about hiccup what is he like
0: he's the main character Mm -hmm. who starts off as an outcast who's kind of lonely but later he becomes a hero.
1: Right, yeah. So he's he's definitely seen as a loser by the other kids in the movie. It's interesting because he's very tiny and puny. and, and But his father, who's literally named Stoic the Vast...
0: Hiccup, he sees that dragons are not as dangerous as they sound. So he just, instead of killing them, he trains them. Right, right. And then everyone's impressed by his cool tricks. Except for a girl named Astrid, mm-hmm. who thinks who thinks it's just useless and she thinks he's a fool. Mm-hmm. But then he shows to her and proves to her how really cool it is and that he's right. not a fool. He's a smart guy.
1: Yeah, he definitely, he definitely is. And, and I, that's one of my favorite sequences in the film when she gets kidnapped by Hiccup and Toothless but gets taken on this like incredible ride through the skies on Toothless. Um, and
0: shows and she sees how really imaginative he is
1: right and you see just this this amazing she sees the world in in such a different perspective in a different light and so and that's another thing astrid actually isn't in the books she's a a new character that was made up just for the movies um to serve as the love interest for hiccup um, yeah, but actually, let's talk. What is Astrid like as a character?
0: Tough and smart and clever mm-hmm. and funny. Yeah, she's voiced by America Ferrera. Uh huh, uh
1: huh. It's it's interesting because she reminds me a lot of that. Um, I can't remember her name. the The female character in Lego Movie.
0: Um, Wildstyle.
1: Wildstyle, yeah. Um, who she is just so much more sort of skilled and athletic and competent than than the main character but she she sort of models this sort of traditional way of of kind of fighting through your problems you know, yeah, know violence through your problems and that's interesting because she she's the first one that hiccup has to convince that actually you can train dragons and you can be friends with dragons
0: i know also, Hiccup's father, Stoic, when he mm-hmm. sees that Hiccup does is not fighting the dragons, he's training them, he thinks it's all nonsense, he right. thinks it, it's a disaster, but right. later, Hiccup proves to his father that dragons are not as dangerous as they sound, and he forgives him and apologizes for his misunderstanding, and, and Hiccup later becomes a hero.
1: Right, yeah. Where he has
0: good friends and people who really like him.
1: Right, exactly, yeah, so they... And and Stoic learned some lessons himself
0: from his son, where yeah. that things are not always what they seem on the outside.
1: Exactly. And so, actually, yeah. And and before we you know really dig into that, we should we should start out by saying so what what is this world? So we we at the beginning of the film we get introduced to the world, uh, the the town of Burke, an island in the middle of an ocean somewhere. It's a kind of modeled after Viking culture. So there's a lot of sort of this warrior mentality that the best way to solve your problems is through violence, right? Yeah. Yeah. So as the be- the movie starts, this sort of conflict between the dragons and the Vikings is already established. And it's just generally accepted among the Vikings that the thing to do with dragons is to kill them because they they are just destructive. Yeah. Um, and still specifically has a very personal reason why he doesn't like dragons
0: he thinks they're deadly creatures
1: and and what what this the second movie gets into this more but what do we know happens to his wife uh hiccups mom
0: she got separated from him like since he was a baby
1: right she got carried away by dragons and everyone thought that she had died um so yeah we jump into this world that's established that that dragons and vikings are enemies and so there is a nighttime raid right um where the dragons attack the island
0: and so everyone has to scramble to defend themselves dragons attack and Hiccup catches the rarest of all dragons called the Night Fury right. which which no which is a dragon that nobody's ever captured right
1: or even seen, actually. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's a sequence later in the film where the Hiccup is looking through a manual showing how to defeat each dragon, sort of the stat sheets for each dragon and how to defeat them.
0: And showing how peop- others have defeated them. Exactly. And But all dragons, except for... Toothless is kind.
1: Exactly, except for for the Night Furies, they all have a page. The, the The Night Furies page is simply empty. It says something like, like they're born of death and night, or something like that. And it, and they're just just a mythological monster uh-huh. in, in the mind of the Vikings. So yeah, so Hiccup uses some kind of bow catapult thing and hits this Night Fury. And what, what happens next?
0: He sees where he caught it in the forest, mm-hmm. where it's wounded and injured, mm-hmm. and then he sees it and sees how really not as dangerous as it looks.
1: Right. Yeah, so he he actually goes first to kill it, right? Yeah. But he can't, which is an interesting moment um, for him and, and his character and sort of the conflict between him and his dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because he Hiccup spares the Night Fury, and the Night Fury runs away. And then when Hiccup returns, he's having a talk with his dad, right? Yeah. And he says, like, he can't kill dragons. Which yeah. Stoic responds by saying, That's nonsense. And at that point of the movie they've been hunting for the dragon's nest, where all the dragons supposedly are coming from, to try to destroy the nest and stop these Raids. Um So while Stoic is away with his Vikings, Hiccup takes part in a training course.
0: Yeah, and where he trains all. Tra- instead of killing dragons, he trains them, and everybody is impressed by this cool trick. Right. But then Astrid isn't impressed. She thinks it's just a joke. Mm-hmm. But then Hiccup kidnaps Astrid. But mm-hmm. but how? But he does, however, show her the beauty in the sky and first she punches him for kidnapping her but on the positive side she kisses him and to sh- to see how really impressed and imaginative he is
1: right right astrid is suspicious at first because hiccup is learning all these tricks to uh pacify dragons in a in a non-violent way without killing or hurting them right yeah and so she follows him into the force one day because he he's been Hiccup's been going out into the forest to hang out with
0: Toothless, and then Hiccup thinks that what he's been doing is kind of weird. Mm-hmm. But but then he showed her it's not weird; it's actually very cool.
1: Right, right. And so let's talk about the bonding that happens between Hiccup and Toothless.
0: Like hey, Toothless, who's gentle on the inside, mm-hmm. who has a who has a good heart becomes good friends with hiccup
1: right yeah so at first they're kind of suspicious of each other they don't really know what to make of each other yeah um but gradually you know through feeding fish to toothless hiccup gets on the dragon's good side and so we finally see hiccup pet toothless and and that's really when the bond is sealed and they realize yeah they can they can also be companions yeah. What kind of, what kind of pet would you compare Toothless to? Maybe a cat or a dog? Definitely uh, yeah, definitely a dog. I see cuz there's parts where he's rolling around and he's very friendly and affectionate. And so actually, what what does um Hiccup do for Toothless? He helps him with flying. Right. Yeah, so when Hiccup shot Toothless his tail got Injured, and that prevents him from flying.
0: He builds a thing for Toothless for when he's flying.
1: Right, so he builds like this contraption that he attaches to the tail, that helps uh, Toothless fly. It, but it doesn't quite help him out so that he can fly on his own. Toothless needs Hiccup in order to to manipulate the contraption. Yeah, which leads to I think the first flying sequence with with hiccup in toothless where they're learning how to use this device to to help toothless fly
0: that scene is like really thrilling yeah he um flies up in the air mm-hmm. and they go up in the clouds mm-hmm. and over the ocean
1: right and, and i think that it's really the first time that the movie kind of flexes its, its visual muscles and we really see they go into the sky they fly through those rock formations. They almost crash and die multiple times. They're just learning how this device works and sort of learning how to work together, right? Which yeah. I think is a big theme for this movie of, of seeing past the differences and, and finding what everyone has in common. Right? Yeah. So yeah, so Toothless and Hiccup learn how to work together. And then, so we get that second flight sequence, and they actually find the dragon's nest.
0: Yeah, and they find there's that which looks like like kind of like a beehive.
1: Right, it is kind of like a beehive. It's interesting, and they discover you know that that all of the other dragons are bringing livestock, you know, sheep and whatever, to <laughs> this this place, but they're not eating it themselves. Right? Yeah, we discovered that in fact. There is a much bigger dragon living in this nest or in this hive. Yeah. Um, which seems to have some kind of control over the other dragons, right?
0: The Red Death. Yes. Really scary and for a big ferocious beast. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. And so we're introduced to Red Death who uses the other dragons and it. The second film, we see a little bit more of these other big dragons, which seem to have some kind of mind control capabilities, but it doesn't seem that's present here. It seems more that it's an intimidation thing where we actually see one of the, the, what's that dragon called? Like the more circular fat dragon. Gronkle. Yeah, a Gronkle brings something that's not really that big and the red death cut like sort of rises out and eats it. Okay, these dragons that have been doing these nighttime raids aren't actually necessarily the bad guys. It's this bigger dragon. But Ezra, you mentioned something to me before about how sort of Red Death's role as a villain that I thought was really interesting.
0: Would you like to share it here? The Red Death was only a villain who only appeared during the climax of the movie. Right.
1: Yeah, that's that's interesting. We don't see the sort of quote unquote villain until the very end, but. But more than that, how does he compare to the other villains in the other films?
0: Like, the other villains in the two and three are humans. He's he, This villain's a dragon.
1: Right, he's a dragon. But you mentioned something to me about how Red Death isn't really a villain per se. Just a problem. Can, can you expand what you mean on, by that?
0: Because he's just a creature, but not any physical, or manipulative, cruel, or ruthless character.
1: Right, right, yeah. He doesn't seem to have the kind of ill will that we see with other classic film uh, villains and films, especially Disney films. That said, they still need to be stopped. So Hiccup, Astrid, and Toothless race back. They go back to the island, and Hiccup tells his dad what's happened. And that's when... Uh, stoic learns that hiccup has captured a dragon and has trained it instead of killing it like he wanted him to right
0: yeah he um fights to save burke and he becomes a hero Mm -hmm. which he but before that so stoic leaves
1: his son behind on burke right yeah with astrid with astrid and he takes toothless and uses toothless as a guide to get to the dragon's nest but once they get to the dragon's nest, what
0: happens? The Red Death comes out.
1: Right. And it is clear that Stoic and his company of Vikings have no chance to defeat this dragon. At which point, though, Hiccup and the other young Vikings show up on their dragons.
0: They fight the Red Death, Mm -hmm. and they learn these tricks from dragons from hiccup right
1: right yeah so the film really sets it up that they that hiccup you know he's a really observant guy right yeah so he uses these things that he's learned
0: from toothless against red death yeah um they battle and be brave mm -hmm. and then hiccup then stoic sees that hiccup came to came with the others And Stoic forgives and apologizes to Hiccup for what he did, Mm -hmm. for misunderstanding. And then Hiccup goes and fights the Red Death and later becomes a hero.
1: Right, exactly. So so Hiccup learns earlier that dragons are actually not fireproof on the inside. Yeah. And so he uses that knowledge in the fight against Red Death, who is just much stronger... As the Red Death goes to breathe, fired, Hiccup, and Toothless respond by shooting. Toothless shoots a fireball into Red Death's mouth, and that causes like this internal explosion, and Red Death blows up and dies.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: And at that point, the day is saved. Everyone's happy. Yeah. And we close off back at Burke. Dragons and the people of Burke are now coexisting.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they're friends. They're all friends. Hiccup, I know, did lose his leg, though. That's right. And, but he did have a metal thing to re- that replaced his leg.
1: And that's that's something interesting that I and I think they explore this a little bit more in the second film. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that both um, Toothless and Hiccup, by the end of the film, have kind of a disability, a, a physical disability that you
0: know. Mm-hmm. In
1: in Hiccup's case, he's lost a foot. In Toothless's case. He has lost a part of his tail. Yeah. So they kind of need each other to get around, right? Yeah. yeah. What do you think about that, That just the relationship in general between Hiccup and Toothless? That they,
0: they're they not so different.
1: Right. And, and do you think that's kind of emphasized by the fact that they have this kind of shared uh, disability?
0: Yeah. And also those other different kinds of dragons have the same vibes hiccups other friends have right like like a, a deadly natter has similar similar traits to astrid a gronkle mm-hmm. has a similar traits to fish legs mm-hmm. a monstrous nightmare has similar traits to snotlout and a hideous zibbleback mm-hmm. has similar character traits to roughnut and toughnut
1: right yeah so they that's that's interesting how it you know it,
0: and now they have their own dragons because which are all different dragons because of because of how similar they are.
1: Exactly. So it seems that the dragon's personality matches the the characters that,
0: and that also their appearance play.
1: and their appearance as well. Yeah. And so there there is this kind of um, this symmetry between the characters. So yeah. So Ezra, tell me a little bit when you first saw How to Train Your Dragon. Just what what were was your
0: impressions and how really thrilling it was and how memorable it was and how it harkens back. To when, when the previews were out and, and when they were promoting it and when the film came out in theaters. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, what, what made this film so impressive for you, I guess?
0: For being one of DreamWorks' biggest and most successful movies. Right. I think that was a surprise for a lot of people. I don't think a lot of people were expecting it to do so well at first, but clearly people responded and and also the rate the reactions were extremely positive right
1: yeah so the the first movie was just almost universally
0: loved um mm-hmm. in fact it was nominated for two academy awards right. best original score and best animated feature right did it did it win either of those no but i thought it for it was just as good though i right. d- and I thought it was just as good because it was a winner because it was just as good as the ones that did win. Wh- which ones did win? Animated feature category, Toy Story 3. Animated score, best original score category, the social network. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. But I thought they were all good equally the same. Where these competitions that can only go to one. Exactly. And,
1: and sort of coming out the same
0: year as Toy Story 3, that's a tough act to, to beat for sure. It came out the same year as other successful films such right. as Despicable Me and Tangled. Right. Yeah. So there, it was. It was a lot of competition. I don't think a lot of people were expecting. Everyone expected Toy Story three to be amazing. Right. Well, so was Despicable Me and Tangled that also came out that year. They thought they were all equally as amazing. Right. Right. In my opinion, though, my perspective, people were expecting How to Train Your Dragon to be as amazing as Toy Story. You know, Pixar just has its reputation that it's always going to be great. And so, and same with Disney. But in my opinion. All of these other unanimated studios will ha- have a reputation of being great.
1: Yeah, so How to Train Your Dragon has really just stuck around, and I think a lot of people responded well to it. So that's that's uh the first How to Train Your Dragon. Uh, great film. Lot, lots of fun when I saw it in theaters. Just didn't really have any expectations for it, and I was really pleasantly surprised by mm-hmm. how fun and interesting and and just like the emotional depth to it of of just this this uh conflict between the dragons and the vikings between hiccup and uh stoic hiccup and astrid
0: i know it was good and it had good a good lesson and a good message
1: definitely continued in part two